Hello and welcome to Shaken Not Noob, the podcast that is known worldwide as the number one gaming podcast for dogs. I am your host, the pod whisperer himself, Fuzzy Dan, and joining me today is a man who is known worldwide as the Toto to my Dorothy, the me to my Marley, the shotgun to my old yeller. It's Mr. Doody Dutrum. How are we, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm also the Cujo to the flesh-eating virus or whatever the fuck that is. Uh, I'm the Scooby-Doo to the Matthew Lillard. Um, the Scooby Snacks to the Scooby-Doo. Nah, nah. You gotta, you gotta get some Matthew Lillard in there, man. He's, I think he's a good actor. I actually quite rate Matthew Lillard. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. Go, go. Let's go through some of his back catalogue and talk about some Matthew Lillard movies. I mean, Scream is a given. Feel Pretty a awesome and Scream. Woozy here, man. Um, <laughs> of course, we've got uh, Scooby Doo. Um, he is fantastic in Good Girls. Uh, the seasons one to three are on Netflix. Give that a watch if you haven't watched it. There's my recommendation for this week for Netflix. That's a new show. Sorry, sure. Dan and Caleb. Netflix recommendations. Um, no, yeah, uh, Good Girls is a fucking great show. Give that a watch. Matthew Lillard's fantastic in it. Um, yeah, there you go. Matthew Lillard. And end of Matthew Lillard rant. I mean, there's nothing else that he did good. Remember he was in... 13 um, Ghosts with the guy from Monk. Remember the show? Mark? Yeah, nothing good. Again, nothing good. Come on. It was in that American spin-off of the um, the European TV show The Bridge, but it was called The Tunnel. I'm fairly sure he was in that. Okay. Yep. No, fair enough. Scooby-Doo. Um, he was in... Um, wasn't he in that space movie? They did that space movie. I can't remember what it was now. It's really going to bug me if I don't know what it is. Space movie. There was a space movie. Um, Event Horizon. No, it wasn't something. It wasn't that. It was something like Event Horizon, though. Sunshine. No, it was the, it was the video game movie. It was uh, it was a, it was based on a video game. Doom. Freddie Prince Jr. was in it. Oh my goodness, it's gonna bug the shit. Wing Commander, that's the motherfucker. Um, so he was in Wing Commander as well. Do you remember, have you ever seen Wing Commander? It I've is not. But terrible. Holy shit, Matthew Lillard is like I'm going through his IMDb now as as we speak. He plays Shaggy in fuckloads of Scooby Doo things, man. Like all he is Shaggy now. Movies. Yeah, he is. He yeah. is Shaggy. Um, that's fantastic. He's Shaggy right. in Lego Dimensions. Wow, that's amazing. Um, yes, but uh, definitely go watch Wing Commander with Freddie Prince Jr. and uh, and Shaggy himself, Matthew Lillard. Um, it's uh, one of the worst video game adaptation movies of all time. Uh, um, I wouldn't say that. Mario Brothers. He's in Scream Four. Mate, you you need to watch this fucking movie it's fucking awful um so yes that was back when freddie prince jr was a thing remember him it's when he spelled prince with a z um yeah anyway was, let's stop talking about movies. yeah let's let's talk about other things other than bad terrible movie actors uh let's talk about gaming things because this is a gaming podcast without a now, paddle dude- that's the movie <laughs> i was thinking of <laughs> Now, Duty, um, I know you're very excited. You've just built yourself a new gaming PC recently. Um, did you manage to get yourself one of the new fancy um, RTX graphics cards? I did. I got a 3070. Excellent. Well, they are very hard to find now. Um, they are very hard to get hold of. But luckily for some people, uh, there is a way to get them. Razer have bought out a new range of gaming desktops. They're called the Razer Tomahawks. And they do have the 3090 and the 3080 uh, graphics cards in them. They are absolute beasts. They are styled very similarly to the uh, the new Xbox Series X, which is pretty interesting. Ooh. So it looks like a black fridge with a green sticker on the side, which is, you know, the Razer thing. Um, 
I just want just just to get a rough guess. So I'll give you some de- some stats on it. So mm-hmm. it's got the thirty ninety card. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a ninth gen Intel Core i nine uh, processor. Yeah, it's got, got two te- two terabyte hard uh, hard drive. That's what I got. And a five hundred twelve gigabyte se- uh, um, uh, solid, solid state drive. How much would you expect for to pay for a marvelous product of this nature? Well, it sounds like the exact same computer I've got, except for the graphics card. Um, but being sure. as it is a pre-made, it's a Razer, and it'll, it'll be Razer branded. I'll say like nine grand. Very close, seven thousand dollars. <laughs> I mean, that's not too bad. Like there are there are some like pre-made computers that you can buy with a thirty ninety in them, and they're going for twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Like, yeah, I mean, there's some amazing ones. I know that um, one of the local gaming uh, computer places did like a creme de la creme computer. They like just put all the best bits in it, and I think it had two thirty ninety graphics cards in it. And I think they built it. It was like thirty grand um, they spent on this beast, um, and it took two people to actually lift it. It was that heavy. So, um, why would you want two thirty nineties though? Because they're going to be doubly redundant and like you know. 10 years. Who knows? Who knows? This Whoever wanted it wanted to build the best of everything. So it's liquid cooled and all the rest of it and had all the big, yeah, it had like every single fan on the fucking planet that was available and yeah, spent 30 grand on this piece. But yes, you can buy yourself these cards now. They are available in Razer products. So they must have done some sort of deal. Um, but yes, they, uh, you, they could be yours for the low, low price of $7,000. I did see. What is it? Because uh, you know, as, as I was looking at computers and shit like that, there's a there's an intercooler fan called a Kraken by the company called NZXT, um, and it is a intercooler fan that you can you know you put on your fucking motherboard and all that sort of shit like that. But you can put gifts on it. I fucking want it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, so like it'll show the temperature and it can change colors and all that sort of shit like that as well. But you can have a GIF on it and it will just you know use the GIF over and over again. And like I've seen some really really cool ones and now I'm sort of going like oh fuck I sort of want to get this cracking so then I can just have a GIF on the inside of my computer. I'm going for a <laughs> Sub Zero Mister Freeze theme with my computer. Okay, I like it. I like it. Well, this 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 fancy one that I was telling you about had a like a display monitor on the case, so that was um, specifically for uh, monitoring the systems and things like that. So you can check out the BIOS and while you're doing everything else. And they had it playing like they were playing Cyberpunk uh, 2077 on two different screens. So the main screen and then also this little screen inside the PC itself. That's it pretty was pretty crazy. That it's pretty crazy. Cool. There's, there's yeah. keyboards now that you can actually like plug your phone into the top of them and it will, it'll tell you all that information. But like now I don't really think you need all those gizmos because you can just set your lights and your computer to be like, okay, change color when core temperature changes, you know, change it to red when it's like fucking struggling. So then, you know, to turn <laughs> things off. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty cool. There's some cool stuff out there if you have the cash for it. Um, but if you don't have the cash for the big ones, um, there is uh, the 3080 uh, Razer Tomahawk available for the low, low price of five. Uh, sorry, six thousand dollars. So six or seven thousand dollars, depending on what kind of card you want. Um, yeah, they're uh, pretty nondescript. I mean, if you're going to spend that kind of cash, just buy something that looks cool. I mean, I'm 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 all for buying pre-made computers because that's what i did i didn't build mine so it was literally just take the foam insert out plug everything in turn it on bob's your uncle everything's done yeah you don't have to muck around with it that's totally fine but yes i think there are better ones for that price oh yes (laughs) speaking of prices blizzard have well they've actually made money which is which is quite amazing uh, over the last year considering that over the last three years they've lost 29 percent of its monthly active user base 
So they've pissed off a lot of people, but apparently they bought on a bunch of new users, and which is why they've gone profitable. So, yeah, very interesting to see that they have, you know, I mean, they can treat their fan base like shit and still make money. It's an interesting business model, Diddy. Yeah, it's... Look, I think Blizzard is now in this state of the only disarray. Thing, yeah, <laughs> probably that. But the only thing that I think would appear to be somewhat profitable for them is Call of Duty, because World of Warcraft was a big thing, um, and they released the Battle for Azeroth expansion, which was probably oh yeah three or four years ago now that I took a look at and I reviewed, and I had fun with that. And, like, with the way that they would work those things, that that expansion will go for two to three years and then the next expansion will come out and they'll go, you go from level 110 to 120 or whatever the fuck it might be. And then they released this expansion, which was Shadowlands, I think it was, and it was like, hey, instead of being 120, we're scaling everything back down to level 60. And I'm like, what? Instead of of lifting the level cap, you've then just nerfed everything. And then they've gone into... I feel like they've gone into such, oh, shit, people don't like this mode. They're now going, oh, we're doing World of Warcraft Classic Burning Crusade. Remember that? And I'm like, dude, you've literally just gone from our new expansion was shit and pissed people off to let... Hey, remember this good expansion we did in 2006? (laughs) Remember when we were cool? Yeah. (laughs) The the, the lead... um, The the guy who made um, Overwatch, I can't remember the guy's name, um, has left Blizzard. Which mm. is a big deal because Overwatch 2 has been announced and we've seen some shit for it and stuff like that. We haven't seen anything since. And he's left Blizzard, um, which is very alarming. Yes. Well, uh, look, I mean, I don't expect much from these guys these these days. I think they just kind of churn out products and people buy it regardless because it's got that label on it. And there, there's always going to be their hardcore like core base of people that will never leave them and will always play, play their games and pay the monthly things and, you know, do whatever. And, you yeah, know, that's fine. All, all, I'm very happy for them that they're enjoying themselves over there. It's just not for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, yeah, Maybe no. maybe they bring out something cool. I'll, I'll change my mind. But until then, meh. I mean, the only thing that like, every time I play it, I go, I fucking hate this game. Why the fuck did I spend money on it? It's Call of Duty. But Call of Duty just works to play it for 10 minutes and then uninstall it. Yeah, see, it's one of those games I can get lost in as well, so I can play a few hours of that. Like, I, I remember getting a review code for that one, um, doing the review for the the most recent release, and enjoying it and playing it quite quite frequently, but go, like at the same time, I know I wouldn't have gone out of my way to spend money on it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I see Miscellaneous um, and, you know, our good mate Kermit, um play it on Twitch and stuff like that. I'm like, you know what? I kind of feel tempted to to download it, play, have a bit of fun with those guys. But then I played it for all of... I didn't even finish the tutorial for Warzone. I went, this fucking sucks. And I installed <laughs> it immediately. Yeah, I, I, I do not like that. Um, but yes, there are people that do it. Um, a good friend, Ollie the Big Red Oxley, uh, does that as well. And, you know, they have fun. It's great. I love watching those people do their thing. Um, speaking of people doing their things, uh, Epic Game Store. Do you have this installed, Duty? Let me ask you that first. The laptop, yes. The computer, no. Okay. All right. Um, they uh, are now 
forecasting that they are going to be profitable by the year 2024, um, which is, you know, not that far off, but still far enough away. Um, the documents also, uh, they've released a bunch of documents um, in some court proceedings uh, between Epic and Apple. And basically, the part of that reveal was that they spent $146 million to buy the exclusive rights to have Borderlands 3 on the PC. Um, which is a lot of money for Borderlands 3. I mean, it's Borderlands 3, though. You're not really missing out on much, if you ask my opinion. Like, Yeah, well, I, mean, I looked down. Yeah, it, it was okay. <laughs> it, wasn't as, it wasn't as awesome as I wanted it to be. It was pretty okay, uh, as far as the Borderlands games go. Um, but, yeah, they spent $146 million to get the exclusive rights to ship that on their platform. That's a lot of moolah. Mm, same thing with, like, but it also, like... Having just, you know, you, you know you can play this game on PC, but you can only get it through the Epic Games Store. You lose so much money by being exclusively to the Epic Games Store. Like, Predator mm. Hunting Grounds, the, you know, we talked about it yeah. last year or whatever it was. It's exclusively to the Epic Games Store and to the PlayStation. And, you know, it's cross-play and that's great and that's fun. But it's like, you are losing out in a major amount of sales by not being on Steam and promoting it on Steam. It's it's crazy to me. Like uh, I, I get exclusivity on um, you know consoles and things like that because you know that's that's fine. But exclusive specific platforms seems really strange. Or it seems a, stra- a strange choice for the developers themselves. But you know, big wins if you can get a good uh, a good game within your own your own platform. So. Very interesting to see that happening. The only reason I actually keep it around is because they keep giving out free games. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I did play um, Ghostbusters, the remaster from it just popping yeah. up, being like, "Hey, it's free on Epic." And I'm like, "All right, I'll play it." And then I played it. And went, "This game is fucking awesome." So um, here's a bunch of free. Ga- I'm just going to run through some lists of games that yeah I, that I've got on this game store because they were free. Um, so the Total War Saga game Troy, um, Sid Meier's Civilization Five, uh, sorry Six, I think it was, um, Surviving Mars, a game called Crying Sons, which is pretty amazing. Uh, Hitman Three. Um, what else is Hitman on 3 here? Hitman Three was free. Surely it yeah. would have been just the first level. Yeah, I think it was that that first part. Uh, Grand yeah. Theft Auto Five was on there. Um, Borderlands Two was on there. Uh, Alien Isolation was on there. Oh, yeah, um, I remember Ra- being on there. Rage Two was on there. Um, Star Wars Battlefront Two was on there. The I new took one. Battlefront Two. I took Battlefront Two and then put it into Steam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Transistor, which is a really nice um, a little indie game, is in there. Tales of the Neon Sea is is in there. I've got you know I've got twenty odd games in the in my library now. All of them free. I haven't paid a fucking cent for them. Um, and, oh, Ark. Have uh, you played Ark before? It's pretty uh, yeah. fun to you. Yeah. yeah. It's fun for five minutes and then you're like, I'm sick of dinosaurs now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I watched Little Fuzz play and he was punching Triceratops. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just amazing. Like, the only reason I keep it around is because every week they launch out a free game and it's like, well, okay, I'll just see what's here. Okay, that looks like a fun game. Click, save it. Eventually, they're all not going to be free. That's fine. But by that stage, I'll have you know, 30 to 50 games in my library and I'll be happy. I'm not going to play any of them, but they're free. <laughs> it's, it's sort of the reason why as well I keep like Marvel's Avengers installed. Like It's next gen yeah. upgraded, but like every week I log in to check the new skins for characters. I go, nah, they all suck or they're just reskins. And, you know, I don't, you know, turn it back on for another week. But also like... Cancel your monthly order of uh, five gum. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like to live life dangerously. Um, but yeah, no, it's the same thing. I log into Avengers. I check the skins. We go, eh, okay, you know, when's the next DLC come out? Oh, it's not for fucking four months. Okay, well, I'll come back next week to check the skins and then that's yeah. about it. 
and that's it. Like some some weeks they'll have some cool free stuff, other weeks they won't. I'll just go, okay, that, that's cool. I might set it like a diary reminder if there's a particularly cool game that I want to make sure that I get. Like some of those games are forty dollar titles. Like Surviving Mars um, was a was a forty dollar is a forty dollar title. Crying uh, Crying Sun, Civ Six, like they're they're all like they're properly you know priced titles. Alien Isolation, even you'd get like twenty or thirty bucks for that these days. Like they're they're good games. Alien Isolation still holds up really fucking well. It's, it's yeah, it's you know it's very much if you enjoyed Resident Evil Seven or Eight, then Alien Isolation is is fucking up there, especially if you're an Alien fan. Yes, there you go. Well, look, uh, I mean, don't bury the lead. We'll talk about it. But uh, yes, look, I, I, they say that this the Epic's Game Store is going to be profitable by 2024 20, I, I honestly don't know how they can be at this point i think they're just trying to get users on there using it um that's why they're giving away so many free games but i just don't see in the next three years how they can continue to be profitable based on that business model yeah but you know, it'll be interesting games, we'll just, wait they, and see. they make so much money from fortnite it doesn't matter <laughs> they don't care. Uh, speaking of people that don't care, Resident Evil Village. Now, the demos have been available. We're going to be talking about the game today, but there have been demos coming out uh, for people who haven't had full access to it. Um, it lasted long enough for one modder to, uh, to get in there and add Barney the Dinosaur. Have you seen this video? I have not. Please go on. Oh, my goodness. So, instead of having a... Um, uh, I believe it was like a vampire or something chasing after you. Lady Demetrescu. Um, it was something like that. It was, you're down in a dungeon somewhere and they're like, oh, they look like zombies carrying swords or something. I don't yep. know. But yeah, they basically put like a skin over the top and it's Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> it's fucking great. So you're being chased by these Barneys wielding swords. It's fucking hilarious. I, I have so, seen someone replace. There's the, you know, the character that everyone's talking about. You know, you go into JB Hi-Fi and there's a big fucking cardboard cutout of a, the, the big vampire lady. Uh, I've got half a pie stuck in my throat. Um, <laughs> someone has modded the game to, instead of it being a big uh, lady with a large tracts of land, um, it's actually Mr. X from uh, Resident Evil 2, so the guy in the trench coat with the hat. Okay. Yep. But wearing the dress and the hat of Lady Demetress. <laughs> big grey zombie guy in a white dress and a black hat. It looks fucking great. I love it. Well, um, I'll, I've, I've sent you the link so you can watch that uh, while you are doing your review uh, for this, uh, this evening. It's going to be quite fun. Oh, um, my God. That looks fantastic. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Um, so, yes, so Bunny the Dinosaur in uh, Resident Evil Village. That happened in the space of, like, we're talking hours this, this guy managed to do this. So I can't wait to see what they do with the full version of the game given enough time. It'll be pretty insane. Re- Resident Evil has had some pretty good mods. Like, of course, Resident Evil 2 and 3, the remakes, they came out fairly recently. Um, 2 is fantastic. 3, you can finish in about, you know, a couple of hours. Um, but th- someone modded it on PC to make Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 a first-person game rather than a third-person. So using the, sort of okay. the same sort of mechanics as 7 and 8. Um, and it looks fucking fantastic, man. Mm, interesting. Mm. Uh, look, I, lo- I love everyone doing mods. So although that hard work in the modding community to make us giggle for about five seconds, it's pretty, it's pretty great. Uh, but yes, that's all the news for this week. Uh, Duty, we do have a sponsor. They are Culture Shock Collectibles. What do they do? They're a collectible store, as you probably all know and are aware. We've been doing the show for shit nearly three years, I think now. Since Red Dead Redemption I hope you know 2. by now. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, of course, every collectible store, it being May the 4th during the week, there was a heap of new uh, Hot Toy announcements from, of course, Hot Toys, which Michael has already got up for pre-order. You can get uh, the Mandalorian riding his Blurg as a 1-6 scale figure, so that will be a little more pricey because it is a 1-6 scale Blurg. I'm just watching this guy knife a heap of Barneys in a stairway. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, I'm right? I'm going to stop it. Uh, of course, there is the new TV show, The Bad Batch, which is on Disney+, and they announced that there is Hot Toys of the characters of The Bad Batch coming, um, which, again, kind of cool. Um, they still haven't announced the Clone Wars Obi-Wan, which, to be honest, if they don't announce that, I might cancel my order for the Clone Wars Anakin, <laughs> because you got to get both the Clone Wars characters. Anyways. Absolutely. Um, collectible Store, you can find them online at CultureShockCollectibles.com. Michael is a big Resident Evil fan. Uh, last time he was on the show, we talked about Resident Evil 3, so I might tap him on the shoulder at some point to, to get his thoughts and reactions on uh, Resident Evil uh, 8, The Village. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, see what, he, see what he thinks about it as well. Um, of course, he also has a YouTube channel that you can go check out. It is Culture Shock Collectibles on YouTube. Um, I believe one of their most recent videos is was unboxing a, um, a heap of Pokemon cards. That's, that's, a, that's a thing now, as well as ladies in hot tubs on Twitch doing nothing. Excuse me, I have to go to Twitch for a while. <laughs> yeah, have you have you have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I I have not. This is this is news to me and uh, a reason to get back into Twitch. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah, if that's not going to get you back into Twitch, nothing will. Uh, but yes, there we go. Thank you very much for that, Dirty Culture Shock Collectibles dot com. Um, I do love that new uh, the new hot toy that they've got there of uh, Echo from the Bad Batch, which looks pretty cool. Yeah, the He's robot got- hand. Yeah, he's got a bunch of like different interchangeable things for his arm. Pretty cool. Um, also, a strong recommend for watching The Bad Batch uh, on Disney+. Plus. Pretty cool. I haven't watched it yet. I assume I'll get a message from, of course, Davo from Super Movie Bros going, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think? And I'll be like, um, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, no, you should watch it. It's um, it, it it picks up where the Clone Wars left off, which is all I'm going to say. That's, that'll be uh, like the best era to watch. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, yes, so let's let's move straight along then. Let's talk about the games that we had to talk about this week. First cab off the rank, let's do your one, buddy. Uh, let's talk about Resident Evil. Resident Evil 8, of course. It's, a, it's, it's probably one of the very few big release games this year. Um, if you're thinking of other new release, you know, big titles releasing this year, there probably isn't that much. Few and far between. Yes. Um, so, of course, Resident Evil 7 released in 2017 off the top of my head. Uh, if you go onto the Shaken Not Nerd YouTube page, you can actually see my wife uh, and, uh, and friends of the show playing Resident Evil 7 and their reactions and screaming and stuff like that. Um, but essentially, previously on Resident Evil 7, you played as this new character called Ethan Winters. Um, his wife has been missing and uh, presumed dead for three years, and he gets an email from her that uh, she's alive, don't come looking for me, stay away. You know, don't come looking for me, all that sort of crap like that. Ethan finds out where his wife is. He's in this, like, uh, swamp house in Louisiana. But, of course, it being a Resident Evil game, there's some form of biohazard-related uh, incident that's happened in that area. Uh, and it turns out that uh, that a, a little girl that, essentially, uh, Ethan's wife was sort of a caretaker for is a bioweapon and can control people and turn people into monsters and shit like that. Uh, long story short, you you know fight off this crazy you know family in this Louisiana swamp. You save your wife. You find that she's alive. She's been possessed as well, and you save your wife. Uh, everything's good and fine. And then Resident Evil Eight happens, where you uh, return as Ethan. Your wife uh, Mia ha- have have had a kid called Rose, uh, and the series character Chris Redfield uh, appears, kills your wife, 
takes your daughter and you uh, go to this uh, mysterious place, which is a village. Um, and it's very much sort of rather than zombies and grotesque... No, well, there are grotesque monsters, but rather than sort of traditional zombies and that Resident Evil vibe to it, that sort of... Yeah. When you have that... Yeah, you think Resident Evil, you have that zombies, but also like weird flower sprouting out of heads and all that sort of stuff like that. This is very sure. much vampires, werewolves, witches. They're the, okay. they're the big three things. Um and yeah, you, you, you are in the village. I, I don't want to spoil it. And of course, uh, I can't spoil certain events. Um, but you're in the village and your, your big thing is to find your daughter who's been kidnapped uh, and escape the village. And essentially, this village is a little sort of remote village in the middle of Europe. There's no real technology. That, and uh, there's a big fuck off castle like overlooking the entire village. And that castle has a vampire in it. Um, mm. And it's, 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 it is. Probably, uh, in my opinion, the my favourite Resident Evil game out of all of them. Having said okay. that, I've only played 2, 3, 7, and 8. So, I haven't played 4, which apparently you have to play. I didn't get very far in 1. Um, I did a, a you know, first half an hour gameplay of that ages ago, and I never went back to it. Um, but, having said that, I'm really enjoying this because it is the first-person horror game. It's survival. It's gunplay is is decent-ish, but it is as it is not a shooter, it's not the core focal point of the game but it's it's vampires and it's werewolves and it's it's not generic vampires and werewolves if that makes sense it's resident evil's version of those characters okay Um, okay i like yeah yeah so they they don't have the the generic trope of you know um well they've got blood sucking and stuff like that but they have other characteristics that aren't that you haven't seen before so it's not like watching you know blade or fucking you know Twilight or Queen of the Damned or whatever the fuck it might be. It's 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 very cool. Um, okay, you went through some very big. Uh, that was a big roller coaster right there. Blade, Twilight, and Queen of the Damned. A huge, huge roller coaster. I don't know of why emotions. those three came to my head. Um, those were the three vampire movies. Sort of. Don't know. If I. I like the idea of Queen of the Dam because it was like he what was it? He was a it was a vampire that would use his music to allure people, so he became a, a rock star. I'm like, oh, great good idea. Lord. It it's not. It, it, I mean, it might have been a great idea in theory, or after you've had a massive pile of cocaine, um, but probably not great in practice. I, I haven't watched it since it originally came out, so I might have to go back and watch it. But anyways, yeah, there are. I would va- not recommend. <laughs> there are vampires. There are werewolves. Um, the the graphics in this is this is the the game that you buy for your PlayStation, your Xbox, or your PC to show you what next-gen graphics are. Uh, of course, I was sure. running this, as Fuzzy said, on a 370 with ray tracing on and HDR turned on, and I was blown away by how pretty and smooth this game was. There's reflections nah. on everything. The shadows and the lighting are fantastic. Um, the character designs are beautiful but then also as you sort of get closer to the characters like of course there's lady demetrescu who is the 2.9 meter tall vampire lady um you see her and of course you know very large lady with a big hat um and <laughs> you get Huge. very yeah you get you get very close to her to her face and then you realize that you know her skin is cracking in some sort of in some areas here and there and stuff like that as well which is it's it kind of gives you that cool vibe and attention to detail um yeah the sound and the the well the sound as well is fucking fantastic. The gameplay is solid. It doesn't necessarily hold your hand, and it also gives you a bit of free roaming in the in the game as well. Where Resident Evils have been very go here, do this mission, go here, do this mission, and you can do that in Resident Evil Eight Village, but you can 
go to the castle and, you know, deal with Lady Damatresque, and then you can come back to the village and then go through the village with the items that you found in the castle, like, you know, a, 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 a crankshaft that will be able to lift items out of a well or a key that can open doors. So then you can go back to the village, open up a house, you know, get a, you know, a high-powered shotgun or get an attachment for your sniper rifle and all that sort of stuff like that. Um, having said that, the, the, the gameplay time is about seven and a half, eight hours, um, you can stretch it out a bit longer if you want to do absolutely everything in the game. Um, it has high replayability values because you can go back, you can start the game afresh, but keep your existing weapons and your loadout, and the game will actually give you new weapons that you couldn't use your first time around. So, like, there's one pistol that fires rockets. There's a fucking explosive pistol. There's all these different, you know, fun weapons that you can use. Um, yeah. Yeah, shit, what else can I really say about it? It's, it? I think the only real negatives I have are just little small things that removed my immersion here and there. Like, I'd get into a vent to get away from sort of a... Uh, they're sort of zombies, but they're sort of not at the same time. Um, character, and they just sort of shuffle in place, like walking against the wall where I've just gone into the vent. Um, there's no mirror reflections on the mirrors unless it's a cutscene for a dedicated character. Um, and of course there's the big thing with Resident Evil games, which is safe rooms where you run inside, there's a typewriter in there to save the game and it's nothing can come inside this room. This room is safe from all outside threats. Um, and while it is good and used for a moment to, you know, catch your breath or re-examine or remember where you are or to take your time to, you know, resettle yourself if you need to, or to figure out a game plan or whatever it might be. Yeah. If you are getting chased by Lady Demetresque, and you jump right into that safe room. You can turn around while the door's open and she literally just goes, where'd you go? And then she just walks off and walks away. Where oh, okay. It's a bit shit when you can fake yeah. it out like that. It is, it is a little bit cheap and the, the level design for one area as well is a loop. Um, so there's a safe room and there's also a sort of a, a donutting, you know, NASCAR circuit, if you will. And it would have been cool that if, if she, because she doesn't run, she walks like, you know, T-800. So if she's got, you know, if you're in her line of sight, the safe room door locks. So you need to break line of sight and do a loop of the area to come back and open that door. And that would have been cool because then you could be very low on health and go, all right, fuck, uh, I need to go for a loop. I need to find a way to break a line of sight. So she loses me to go back to the safe room. Um but alas, there's none of that. But honestly, it's 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 my favorite in the series. I love the vampire werewolf look they've gone with it. I'll probably yeah. come back to it at some point on the podcast as well as on YouTube to talk about more of the story and plot premises they're going with because they very much set up, of course, a sequel because Resident Evil. It's Resident Evil Eight. There's you know there's going to be another sequel at some point. Um, <laughs> and I like the direction they're going with how the game starts off very horrory and then as you sort of you desensitize to you know horror video games like it's very much like alien isolation where you know when the aliens are sure. around, you're like oh shit oh shit the aliens are around but you know five or six hours into alien you're like all right he's over there i'll just fucking throw a noisemaker and off i go so, like you you learn all of that sort of stuff like that where with resident evil 8 it will go from yeah well while you're used to this you know these vampires and these werewolves and these you know witch daughters and all this sort of stuff like that it will then slowly transition into a bit of a an action game um, okay, and it and and it becomes fun because you're starting as a horror game, and you've you know you've gained your own confidence mentally and stuff like that, and you know you're no longer getting the shit scared out of you, and it's turning into a into a, a bit of an action game. Um, yeah, uh, as a score, I'd give it a four out of uh, four point five out of five, so nine out of ten. Lovely, it is it is a fucking great game. Um, yeah. If you have an Xbox Series X, if you have a PlayStation Five, or you have a, a big rig computer, I highly recommend getting this. This is 
this so far is is going to be my game of the year. Mm. Um, I can't think of anything. <laughs> Well, not not I, many, not many to to choose from in that in that category, though, right? <laughs> well, no. To, well, to, to be honest, there there is, of course, you know, Warhammer Total War Three is going to come out this year. Uh, Warhammer Necromunda is going to come out this year, and I've been playing and painting a lot of Warhammer models as of as of recently. Um, the, of course, there's Mass Effect coming out very shortly, and while that is a remake remaster of the first three titles and stuff like that, I still think that can be a contender for a game of the year purpose. But this game just completely threw my expectations out the window because Resident Evil 7 was very Louisiana Swamp. It's very dirty. It's very gritty. It's very disgusting. There's cockroaches and, you know, yeah. it, it gives you that gag reflex vibing of the game where this is, when you're inside the, you know, the vampire castle, it's very clean. It's, you know, polished, you know, concrete floors and fireplaces everywhere. It's very beautiful. And then you go into an next area, which is the village, and it's, a village covered in snow and, you know, all the people are, are dead or turned into werewolves or whatever and it's just decrepit. And then you go into one area and it's like this sawmill and there's one part that looks like it's pulled straight out of Terminator 2. And it's got all these different locations that it just keeps you guessing on what you're going to see next rather than okay. just a dirty swamp or just yeah, a police it's mixing station stuff or something. Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a really good game. I know you're not a Resident Evil guy. You're not much of a horror guy. But out of all the Resident Evil games, I, w- I would think this would be the most accessible one to play and after about an hour or so of playing it you're used to it where Resident Evil yeah. 2 it builds the tension really re- like I can't play Resident Evil 2 on my you know second run through because it just scares the living shit out of me and it's just uh, like I know what's down this corridor and I know what's here but the mm. tension building there is so intense compared to what they've done here but yeah this is vampires and werewolves their way so yeah for, <laughs> four, four and a half out of five lovely yes that's uh, it's a tough act to follow, mate. But um, I'm glad you had fun with it. It sounds like a really uh, a really good addition to the Resident Evil universe. And you know, like I say, there'll be another one at some other point. But um, yeah, this is a good one for now. Do they ever do like um, DLC for them, like extended ep- like episodes or extensions of the same game? Yeah, they did that for Resident Evil Seven with two DLCs. Where uh, at the end of Resident Evil Seven, Chris Redfield comes and he sort of saves the day, and then you played as him in the DLC going back to sort of the the baker house uh and that area and then there was another one where you played as a character's cousin or brother or whatever it was like the the baker character's brother or whatever the fuck it was and you'd go back trying to save one of the daughters and and stuff like that so there there probably will be some more dlc that comes out for this game um and yeah i I probably will go back and take a look at it because it's it's, yeah it's visually fucking stunning i've done a video on it put it on 4k mode and take a look because that's where you get the ray tracing and shit coming through and just yeah whoa it's fantastic (laughs) yeah that's cool well, uh, speaking of games that look good, let's talk about my one that I played this week because I'm all about it. It is Returnal. Um, now, this one is a bit of a... It's been a bit of a sleeper um, as far as games hype is concerned. I think we'd seen some sort of preview videos of this in the lead-up to its release. Um, a little bit here we and there. and last week or the week before? Yeah. yeah. We, we talked about it briefly. They had like a 15-minute gameplay trailer of, um, of the first little bit. And there's... Almost no explanation to what's going on. There's just shit happening. Um, I can confirm that that is the entirety of the game. Uh, There is just shit happening and you're kind of along for the ride. Um, So 
as far as games go, like what what kind of styles it is, it is roguelike. Um, it is very there's dungeon crawling. There's all sorts of stuff. It is a third person shooter. Uh, there is uh, really weird elements to it going on. There's some sort of RPG elements to it as well. There is a main thread of a story going through this as well, um, but very much falls into that roguelike category. So anyone who doesn't know what a roguelike game is, it's very much um, uh, crawling around either procedurally generated or uh, dungeon-based environments, collecting loot, and then when you die, it is a permadeath, so you go right back to the start. Um, But you... Yeah, but you can carry over uh, certain pieces of things. So things may change the second time you do it, and yeah, probably will. So very, yeah, that, that's what a roguelike game is. Um, there is the punishment for failure is heavy and brutal, uh, and it definitely comes through in this, which is part of I think the magic for the game. Um, but yeah, really, really interesting how they've applied it here. Um, so story-wise, basically, it starts off, you are an astronaut uh, responding to some sort of signal from a, an alien planet, um, and as you're going into land, your spacecraft crashes on the planet, um, and then basically the story starts from there. You are on a, a strange world trying to figure out what goes on, and along the way, you sort of slowly piece together the story um, as you uh, go through the various levels. You'll find data recordings with all sorts of information about missions. Um, missions that have been going on um, and researching alien artifacts to find out what's happening within this universe. So there is a, there's almost constant state of confusion about what's happening because that's what the game wants you to do. It wants to make you feel uneasy. Um, And it's, it's it's just, I think part of the magic of what happens here is that you're always on the edge of your seat trying to figure out what's going on but at the same time, you're having this fast-paced shoot 'em up action, which is just really, really fun to be a part of. Um, so the developers of this game, uh, they're a company called House Marquee. They did a, a little game, a little uh, sort of weird sort of side-scrolling, 3D side-scroller uh, called Resogun, uh, which was a um, which it came out on uh, PlayStation 4, I believe, was when it was released. Um, and that's just, it's just a heap of fun. And they've used a lot of the elements from that game in this game. There's uh, a lot of sort of this bullet hell kind of thing where all of these enemies just shoot massive amounts of ammunition at you and go through all these different weird pathways to get to you. And they, it's just, it's fabulous to watch. It's visually stunning on the screen because at any one time there's just like 10 dudes shooting all of their laser beams at you at any one time and they just it just looks amazing and how they've managed to put all that together at the at, at once and run it at 60k i just i don't know but they've, they've it's pretty awesome and this of course is a playstation exclusive game does it have anything that um links it to its controller like because you know it's a PlayStation oh yeah controller. yeah what what's the, oh boy what's that? Oh man, the uh, the haptic feedback for this is pretty next level. So um, it's one of the big things from um, from the controller that I've tried to bring into a lot of games. It hasn't really worked with some of the upscaled games, um, but this definitely works with this one. It is purpose built for this console, and it utilizes the uh, the controller in a really 
great way so just uh from from little things like environmental effects so if you walk into a particular environment and it's raining or there's water dripping down from the ceiling Mm -hmm. you feel the individual drops in the controller um so it's not just in one place you can feel these like little taps all over the place which is quite cool um or if there's like a particularly heavy uh enemy coming at you uh some of the mid-level bosses can be these quite big hulking dudes that come and bash the ground next to you and you actually feel them walking along the ground so it's it's pretty cool how they've done that um they also fit in um a bunch of really cool stuff with the triggers and the uh the left trigger normally like um if you put holding down your your left trigger it does the sort of sight down the barrel thing okay uh for for shooters so and and with this one because they've got the adaptive triggers it basically you hold it halfway and it does sort of a that does the look down the barrel and then you pull it fully towards you and then it actually goes into its alternative fire mode so it actually it's like this two-stage trigger process it's pretty interesting um, how they've managed to, to fit that in there. So I, I think they've done a really good job with uh, with how they've integrated the controller. Um, they have that, obviously, the microphones, and there's sounds coming out of there as well. Um, it's, it's cool how, like, your ultimate fire, um, uh, your alternate fire button has a, a cooldown period. So you fire it, and then you have to wait, say, five or ten seconds for it to recharge. And then the recharge sound will come out of the controller and not out of the television. So just, like, little cool things they've done like that make you... Uh, there's, like, a big immersion factor to how they've done that. I do like how, like, you know, PlayStation did that, I think, with, you know, the PlayStation 4 with, with certain games yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's something they did previously on uh, on the PS4. They've done it much, much better now in this format. And it just, like, as a, as an entire package, just the experience of having all of that sound and movement from your controller fe- makes you feel more part of uh, of what's happening. I have really enjoyed, though, playing this with, um, with headphones on. So it's a game they actually say right at the start, if you've got um, 3D uh, audio headphones or capable headphones please use them for this game because it makes a difference. And when you have it on, when you, and I've got my sort of 7.1 headphones that I can wear for it, you hear enemies coming from all around you. You can actually hear them creeping up behind you. It's amazing 3D audio that they've fitted into the game. Um, and especially one of the, uh, the, the the bosses that I fought against, they actually it does this thing where it sort of flies off screen and it comes back in at various angles and just shoots all the stuff at you. And unless you know which angle it's coming from, you just, you have no hope. So the only way to do it is with headphones, which is which is pretty cool. Um, so the way that they've adapted the peripherals for this game, just just really awesome. How they've uh, managed to get everything into there, all the elements that just immerse you more fully into the uh, the game experience so with that, is, is it is it an actual pro- like for me i can't play a game that doesn't really have a story if it's like give land yep. on this planet off you go yeah you know, like roguelike games i'll just go nah how, <laughs> how are you finding it without an actual story no, it's it's really good. Like there is a there is a story, and you piece it together, and you're rewarded for passing certain areas with pieces of the story. So that's that's the reward for getting to the next point. Is like okay, I've found I've opened this area, or I've found this new space, or I've conquered these enemies. You find new pieces of story that you can piece together, and that stays over with you. So the record of that stays with you. Um, you also find new pieces of equipment to upgrade uh, upgrade your suit, um, so that you can get different things along the way. 
um, and how you manage that throughout the game is really fascinating. They've really done an awesome job of doing that as well. Um, so there's like it, it really grows with you throughout the experience. And it's one of those ones where it kind of like there's I don't want to spoil it. There's so many like twists and turns, though, that it's just really it's a surprising game. And I found myself being more and more drawn to not only the action, but the the investigation of what's happening around me. And I think that's really, really fascinating. So, yeah, it's just it's just really fun. I think like a lot of people will find um, similarities to like just some elements of this to games like Dead Cells, obviously, as a, as a roguelike. There's um, a little bit, it feels like a little bit of mass effect with the 3D shooting. So like it feels very much like those environments. There is some cover involved. There is some a lot more movement, though, and dodging of bullets um, than cover shooting. Um, but that's that can be quite fun. There's destructible environments as well, which is really cool to uh, to engage in that one. Um, but there's also a little bit of um, I, I got really big vibes of Edge of Tomorrow. You remember that Tom Cruise movie? Uh, with Live Die Repeat or whatever. The yeah, they changed it to. That's the one. Yeah, so um, that, very big vibes of that because of. Kind of like based on your character, but also some of the um, the aliens that you're fighting look like the mimics from Edge of Tomorrow. So they've got like that very same sort of uh, character design, which is just fascinating to watch come alive on the screen. And um, yeah, and that same kind of thing, like you 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 die at a certain point and then you restart and you learn to get better at doing that thing and so it's very like very edge of tomorrow vibes so if you if you liked that movie in any way this is kind of the gaming experience the, the gaming equivalent of that how was it uh difficulty wise incredibly hard <laughs> like i i i struggle uh, with some games that are just like that, that put you through like these emotional torments but i really enjoy the the satisfaction of passing uh passing levels and you look to games like neo you look to games like dark souls and they are really really hard games um they you know there's all hand-to-hand combat though and this is that 3d shooter element to it which is it, it's the the version of those games but you know 3d sci-fi shooting things so i think it's it's up there with it, one, some of the most difficult games you ever play but very very rewarding for the experience i remember passing i think it's the second boss um and after about probably about 12 hours of playing and just I, I remember vis- like just audibly sighing and like putting down my controller. I was physically tired from like focusing so much. Um, and I've I've heard stories like been watching online of all the people who've been um, talking about this game in the communities. Some people can't even pass the first boss. Um, to be honest, it's not that hard once you get past the other ones. But like yeah, that first boss is very very difficult until you figure out the patterns and their attack patterns. So yeah, it's just it's a. A, an experience that's well worth the journey i've 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 enjoyed look i'm 20 hours in i've still got a bit to go i think in uh, in completing this one um but yeah i think there'll be much more to experience and enjoy along the way and uh, probably the, the only other question i got is it a full price game or is it uh, oh boy or- Oh boy, is it full price? Is it ever? Um, so now this has been one of the big uh, talking points around this game is it's one of the first true next-gen titles. Um, so we've had a lot of you know 
uh, ports or uplifts um, from uh, from the previous gen. This is one of the first ones that's been built and designed for this generation, um, and it is retailing for $125 if you buy the digital version, or $109 if you buy it in the store, and that is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, and look, I, I would say that, you know, this is probably one of those things that comes with next-gen titles. Anytime a new generation of games come, uh, consoles comes out, the next-gen games are very, very fucking expensive. Um, it's, it's just part of their uptick. They need to make it financially viable to release these things, so they put it at a high price. And then within two years, it'll be back down to, you know, 70 bucks or something. So I don't mind it so much, but... When you look at that, spending $109 on a game is a lot of fucking money. And some people don't even have that option because they might have bought the digital-only platforms. Um, so they will have to buy from the store and they'll have to spend $125. That's a lot of moolah. But, uh, yeah, it is, for the money, it is a still, I, I think it's still worth it. It's a it's a full-price game, but it is very, very much worth the experience. Mm. Yeah, so look, if you like action shooters, uh, there's a lot in here for you. If you like creepy mystery stories, there's a lot in here for you. If you like weird sci-fi shit, there's a lot in here for you. It's it's honestly, like, I was I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this game. Going into it knowing almost nothing, um, I'm, I'm having a, a hell of a good time. I'll be putting in a couple hours after we get off tonight and just, just getting back to it because it is a really fun experience. Um, I haven't even got to talk about some of the like the inventory management stuff that, that goes on um, and picking up these, these... They have these things in the game called parasites, which you pick up, and you literally attach them to your body, and they give you certain buffs but also certain debuffs. So you have to weigh up the, the pros and cons of putting these things on your body. And it's just this whole weird, bizarre alien world that you're trying to explore and understand. It's just so cool. I've really enjoyed the experience. But finally, we have to ask this score. Yes. Well, look, and and this is the, this is a tough one. Like, because I've walked into this going, I really fucking love this. I want to give it a five, but. I also know there's some bad stuff about this game. And I know the the big one that they've talked about at this stage is save points. Because this game, as, as a roguelike, if you die, you go back to the start of the level, right? There are no save points in this game. So if you turn off your console... Um, or the con- or you put it into rest mode and the game updates while you put it in rest mode. I've heard people you, doing that, yeah. You restart to the start. And people are whinging and moaning about this. And it wouldn't be a problem if the games were shorter. Like if I was going through a, like a full run of Dead Cells, that might take me 45 minutes to get from start to finish of that game. Whereas with this game, you would put in two hours <laughs> and maybe get back, to the, like, the, get back to the start again. So... There's like, it's, it runs will take you at least two hours to get through. So it's a lot of time to invest and especially a lot of time if you get a lot of the way through and then it, it bugs out on you and you have to start again. So a little bit of a tick, uh, a minus point for that one. Um, it's not so much a problem for me. I haven't had that issue. So I've been putting it in rest mode and it's starting up again from that same spot. Um, so that's been fine for me, but I know it's an issue for others. Um, and it's just something that, you know, I can see for people who didn't have enough time to play it on a regular basis, it would be an issue. Um, and yeah, apart from that, I think that's my only real negative for it is just potentially no saving throughout the game. Um, but yeah, I'm aware of you know people trying to do it to exploit that and you know make the most of it. So I'm kind of okay with them not having it in there as well. 
I, mean, um, so, I understand the frustration of, you know, yeah. you, anytime you play a fucking game and you get, you know, think, you think you're near the end and then you have to restart it again because of corrupt save file or something like that. Oh, man. Like, the other day I put in like a good 45 minutes on a run and I was going really, really well. And then I decided they've got these these rooms that you can go into, which are like bonus challenge rooms. So you go into the door locks behind you and then they just chuck all the biggest, baddest dudes at you. And I was like fully armored up. I had all my gear. I was ready to go. And I was like, yeah, I'll fucking take that on. And I just, I encountered an enemy that I hadn't seen before. And it fucking just annihilated me in like two seconds flat. And I was just like, well, there we go. That's 45 minutes down the toilet. So, you know, it's, 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 there's always this risk reward balance that this game has that really, really well. And everything you do has a cost attached to it. And you have to decide if you're, if it's worth paying that cost to get the benefit out of it. And I, I really like that element. Um, so I'm going to give this a, a 4.5 uh, out of 5. Um, like I said, I wanted to give it a 5, but I know there's those lingering issues with it that, uh, that just, prevent me from making it that that just that great perfect game it's still great it's it's still a you know 4.5 out of 5 is a fucking fantastic score for any game I mean, yeah it's a bit I, I i don't think it's a resident evil game because it doesn't have a story <laughs> <laughs> not the level of story that you're probably looking for but it is there and it is quite interesting to follow yeah um, think for it a little bit that's right, yeah. So, look, I think this is, like you said, you know, Resident Evil is your game of the year. So far, this is my game of the year. But again, it's really hard to call it a game of the year when there's very little else to compare it to. Um, it's, you know, I've, we talked about, um, I had the Neo collection this year that I got to play, um, which was the updated version of Neo um, and Neo 2 fantastic game but it's not released this year technically so it's previously released games repackaged i don't count that as a new release so yeah i'm I'm looking forward to experiencing new games when they come through eventually if they come through if i mean mario golf that's gonna be a big one oh dude i'm very excited for mario golf man that game's gonna be fun as fuck yeah, no, I think uh, that'll be uh, that'll be an interesting one. We'll have to get uh, get the lads together for a night challenge on that one. I think. Oh yes, <laughs> drunken golf. Drunk Who golf. Can, what I mean, can go wrong? As long as the straps are around the joy cons, you'll be fine. Sure. <laughs> oh look, uh, well that will be it from us this week. We've had a lot of fun talking about video games and more. Uh, we will be back in a future episode to talk about more video games. It's going to be very exciting. Um, I look forward to speaking with you then. I have been Fuzzy Dan reminding you that if you're dying 45 minutes into your game because you wanted to go into the extra little bit area, you've gone too fucking far, go back or get good. And this is Judy reminding you that if you've got a giant vampire lady with huge tracks of land chasing you, huge, huge tracks, tracks of land. Of land. Um, go into the save room. Hang out with Duke. There's a guy called Duke here. You can buy stuff from. I swear to God, it's voiced by Mark Hamill. Probably isn't, but <laughs> that's 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 my that's my advice for you. Goodbye.